This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And he swings, hits it high and deep, and gone! Still going back! Welcome back to The Call Up, your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. As always, I'm your host, Aram Layton. And in today's episode, we are joined by one of the newest members of the Just Baseball team. Really excited to talk about one of his articles he just put out on JustBaseball.com, Breakout Prospects. It's Christian Crespo, who, I mean, you you have your, your resume that really speaks for itself as to why people should take what you're saying with some weight to it, because you've been around the game, but Christian... First of all, very excited to have you on the Just Baseball team now. Uh, that's something I've already told you, but very excited to have you on your call-up debut. We'll talk a little bit about your background, and then we'll, we'll discuss this article, but uh, thanks for hopping on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've been waiting for this for a long time, so glad to finally be on. Your background kind of speaks for itself. You've done everything from you know coaching in the draft league as a bench coach to doing the media side and, and covering prospects and doing your own thing for a while. And now you work at driveline as the official title is you just told it, told me it before we recorded and I already forgot pitching, what pitching development, uh trainer slash coach. So you just started this by the way, too. And I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are know what driveline is, but you know, to fill in real quick, because you guys have so many players coming in and out and you can't even name all of them, but uh, we can speak about the ones that we see on, on social media, like Lars Newbar just dialing up the exit VLOs the other day. Right. But how awesome has it been taking this job in, in Seattle with driveline and and, how cool has it been to just uh, be a part of, of what is one of the most forward thinking organizations and groups, you know, really in baseball right now. Uh, It's been insane. The impact that driveline has had on the game has is really taken a step forward. You know, it's been involved and people talk, like you said, people talk about it all the time. Um, and you hear all these big name pitchers that kind of unlock that next level potential and something that they never really saw themselves, you know, having prior to, you know, going to drive on and just learning little things, you know, different routines to not only help in terms of developing pitches, but just, to build on the longevity of their career yeah. and what proper arm care actually means and what you need to do um, in order to make sure, you know, you, you stretch out your longevity as mm-hmm. much as possible. And that's something that not a lot of people really take into much consideration when, in all honesty, it's the most important. If you're not taking care of your body the way you should, no matter how talented you may be, Sixto Sanchez, yeah, um, you're not really, you're not really gonna, you know, get the most out of yourself. So, you know, just being able to be around the the major league players that I've been around, you know, in a short amount of time, the minor league guys, and even 
you know, young 15 year olds going in there right now. And, you know, they, they come in so raw and you can just see it like the potential that they have and what you can build on. And it's cool having those guys and starting from the very beginning and kind of seeing how they're going to progress, you know, throughout their time there. That's how you can really see the impact that it has. I mean, I, I can promise you I'm going to I'm going to make a visit out there at some point. It's opposite end of the country. So maybe it's all star yeah. game time or something. But I, I've been wanting to check everything out over there for a while. And a big reason why I'm so excited to, to have you on the staff, too, is is because you have the background of being on the field, really being involved, boots on the ground as a bench coach. You've you've done, you know, the media side of it, too. But then now, you know, your experience with driveline, you're seeing, as you just mentioned, players from all different, you know, parts of their career, whether it's guys trying to regain something, guys trying to take that next leap, and then guys that are very early in their development, like you mentioned. And that's the interesting thing with the prospect world, right, is you have a lot of different prospects who are in different spots as well. And and I'm always a big proponent of, you know, that holistic approach and and looking at each prospect differently and and really trying to see, you know, where they are at in their development and, and how you can Kind of predict what's going to happen here, which is the hardest part, but also the most fun part. And, you know, that's what people come to us to do here is kind of talk about what's been happening and what they can expect from some of these players in the future. And you kind of did this already with with one of your first pieces at Just Baseball, which is linked in the podcast description here for those who want to read it afterwards, afterwards or read along, you know, while we are talking about this, Christian. But you wrote 2023 MLB prospect breakouts to keep your eye on. And uh, this is something we kind of talked about together. And I was like, I would love to, to to hear what some of your breakout prospects are. And a lot of them are guys that, you know, I'm, I'm had right on my radar. And then I have a few others I'm going to add in as well, but you know, I'm excited to just kind of ask you what led you to some of these names. A lot of it, I can, I can understand why, because I yeah. like a lot of these guys too, but for the listener, you know, we'll, we'll start with Emmett Sheehan, who's you're the first guy that you mentioned, right-handed pitching prospect with the Dodgers who had a good year. So this was the one thing is, is he had a really solid year last year. 68 innings, 291 ERA, 106 Ks, 31 walks. But you put him as a breakout guy because I think you're expecting a really, really big year from him this year. And we know how the Dodgers like to baby their guys a little bit with the innings. Keep it, you know, uh, try to keep them in shorter spurts, two, three, sometimes four inning outings. What are you expecting from Sheehan this coming year now uh, that has you still tabbing him as a breakout even after he had such a good year last year? Yeah, if you know me, uh, the reason why I put him first is because he's a pretty chalky answer um, in terms of who I think is really going to break out. And the main reason for it, and I put it in the article, was that um, Gavin Stone was my guy last year in the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year. And one of the main things that I noticed is, like you said, the Dodgers tend to baby their their young starting pitching prospects, you know, and it helps a lot with the longevity of their career and making sure they preserve them so that they can really, you know, go all out when they do make their debuts. But Gavin Stone, we saw it last year. They didn't baby him. They let him play out. He developed and now he's one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. And it's ridiculous what he did last year. Um, Emmett Sheehan wasn't too far behind from that, but he got overshadowed by the fact that Gavin Stone made such a huge jump. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, his his arsenal, and I've talked to you about this previously, but I'm just in love with that changeup. Yep. And I'm such a big changeup guy when it comes to pitching. Like I, I think that's one of the most overlooked pitches in a pitcher's arsenal. 
because it can have the biggest impact. And there's another pitch that we talked about yesterday that I texted you about in, in terms of his changeup and um, the usage rate and the chase rate that he got on it that makes us both really excited, especially after what you showed me yesterday. But um, I think with Sheehan, it's just that he continued to make tangible improvements throughout the year. And not only throughout the minor league season, but he also got sent out to the AFL where he continued to dominate out there and really showed off, you know, his full arsenal when he was out there. Um, and like I said, he continued to improve throughout the year. And I think one of the biggest things he did was uh, improve on his command. Yep. Because uh, walks were an issue with him. Um, but I, I don't know the that invisible that he throws for a fastball that has a lot of scouts just like, man, this is, this is going to be the guy or the next guy in the Dodgers organization. It's funny because we just, Jack and I just broke down the guardian system. Right. And, and one thing that I really love about their system and we talked about it is they've seemed to find the guys with the great fastball shape. And then that change up generally being their most developed secondary pitch that's hard to find. I mean, you're in pitching development now at, at, at driveline, right? Like that's usually for most guys, the hardest pitch to learn is a changeup, right? And when you find the guys that have the fastball shape and the changeup, not only do, do those two pitches work off of each other phenomenally and, and, and allow each other to play up, it, you also have maybe the hardest thing already checked off and, and you can teach guys to spin it now, maybe as easy as you ever could. And oh, yeah. and I look at an Emmett Sheehan and I'm like, if the Dodgers and the Guardians ever met up for a trade, I could almost guarantee that the Guardians would be asking for Sheehan first because he fits their yeah. mold perfectly. You mentioned the fastball shape and he leaned on the fastball a lot, which was surprising because you also mentioned his arsenal, which is deep, but he struggled to locate the breaking ball for a strike yeah. consistently. And I think that's something to watch. And, and again, like you, you mentioned Stone and how he broke out, like, that's something that came along as as he continued to progress. If if we see Sheehan find that feel to spin the to spin his breaking balls, all of a sudden he's going to take that next level or that next leap. The fastball, though, at 95 miles an hour, 30% in zone whiff rate is is beyond elite. I mean, it, it, that's yeah. ridiculous. Opponents had a 554 OPS against his fastball that he was throwing 70% of the time, 68% to be exact. So to me, this is a guy that just literally almost said, here's the fastball and still blew it by guys went to the changeup more than any other secondary pitch and really couldn't trust his breaking balls. If he can figure that out going into this year, he could be literally this year's Gavin stone. And I think the writing is, is on the wall. And, and that's yeah. why I love Sheehan as, as your first pick Invisible is, is absolutely what that thing is. Um, before we move on to the next guy in your experience, I know it's very early for you to drive on, but you, you know, again, you've been around a lot of guys. How much harder is it for most dudes to learn the changeup in, in your experience than the breaking ball? Um, it, yeah. You know, it, it seems to just be that that one thing. I feel like the 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 tag statement with so many prospects is, "Oh, if he finds the changeup, then I'm almost sick of mm -hmm. saying it." It's really refreshing to say, yeah. "If he finds the breaking ball, then it seems like that has a much better chance of actually happening." Yeah. Well, if you if you find that picture that it's oh, if he finds the breaking ball, then you don't have to worry about too much after that because you know he has that great changeup. but it's funny in all the pitch design sessions that i've been in so far it's for the most part it's guys trying to find the best grip for an effective changeup, mm -hmm. and to see whether it's a traditional change a circle change a split change which is huge and it's really you know that it's really taking 
that's that's a pitch that's going to really transition. I was saying that that pitch starting to make a comeback, more. huh? That yeah. that split change yeah. is starting to come back. Is, is it is it a kind of a fallacy? Like, is it not true about the strain on the elbow? Like, have they been able to to prove or disprove that? With with, with so that's actually something that that's actually one of the projects that I wanted to work on um, while I was here, especially since I'm going to be getting so much data from it, um, and the amount of pitches that are going to be throwing it. Com- uh, in conjunction with the biomechanic reports that we're going to be getting uh, something that I want to kind of put together and kind of see how it progresses over time. But um, with the amount of the amount of pitches that are now trying to throw that, I mean, it, you can kind of compare it to the same way people said, Oh, a curveball is yeah. going to destroy your elbow. When we were kids. It's that was all like, we heard. Exactly. But people still wanted to throw the fastball curveball. And I think, that is now becoming okay. Let's let's have somebody develop fastball changeup because the curveball and the slider are becoming that much easier to develop with all of the technology that that's now available. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing uh, going forward. But I mean, you have someone like Emmett Sheehan who already has two above average pitches in a fastball changeup. If he could figure out that third pitch. It's going to be ridiculous because the success he had with two pitches already was yeah. just dumb, and, and with even fringy command on top of yeah, that. just shows exactly. you what he's got. Going. And he was improving on the command exactly. So now I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Another guy that I'm in on now on on the position player side of things is Will Wagner, who's your number two, uh, second baseman, infield prospect for the Houston Astros. And Wagner had a good year. But I, I I think he's about to have a great year, and and I'm I'm really glad you mentioned this guy in your article here. I mean, w- what he did last year: two sixty one, three seventy four, three ninety four. Not bad at all. One hundred seventeen games, ten homers, twenty two extra base hits. But this guy has a lot more in the tank. It's actually interesting, as you mentioned in the article, son of Billy Wagner. But at twenty four years old, maybe a little bit more overlooked because he's never really lit up the stat sheet. But the data is interesting. The numbers were solid. And it seems like he could be on the cusp of something, you know, pretty interesting this year. I'll, I'll highlight the data more, but to have the year he had finishing in double A and putting up some of the figures that he put up, it seems like he he's scraping the surface of more. Yeah. And um, I want to go ahead and credit uh, Chris Clegg for yeah. this, uh, this stat that I found on one of the tweets that he put out mm-hmm. um, after the AFL. Chris does a lot of great work. Chris um, is great. But uh, so among prospects with at least 400 plate appearances this past season, Will Wagner was one of five with a 90th percentile exit velo above 102 and a half miles per hour, a zone contact rate above 85%, and a chase rate below 25%. For someone that has as much power to all fields and the ability to just drive the ball with force, to chase less than 25% is ridiculous. I mean, that's what we wish Javi Baez did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, with the in the Astros organization, he's a little older, mm-hmm. but I think that's just going to benefit him more. Um, not only because the bat, I think, is going to play at the major league level. Um, consider him a more powerful left-handed hitting uh, Mauricio Dubon. Yeah. To me, just with his uh, defensive versatility, not much so in the outfield, but in the infield, being able to play multiple positions there, it's really going to help him uh, kind of be that utility guy for the team. Uh, but he, like I said, he has such a great ability to find the barrel with ease. Yeah. His control of the strike zone is incredible. 
And then the addition of the, that power stroke just solidifies that, that full profile at the plate. I, I mean, it, it's funny because Chris Clegg and at Roto Clegg on, on Twitter, yeah. it, he, he hits three of the main things I'm looking at, you know, with, with a lot of these hitters is, you know, it, it, what's your 90th percentile exit velocity looking like? What are your zone contact rates? And then, you know, how are you chasing? And, you know, if, if a guy excels at one of those things, it could be a good player. If you excel at multiple of those things, you can be a really good player. And it's pretty surprising, honestly, that Wagner only slugged what he did last year. When you consider the fact that his 90th percentile exit velo was almost 104 miles an hour, which is well above yeah. average. Even more notable, zone contact rate of 87.3%. That's spectacular. And then we mentioned the chase rates here that are very low. Yeah, a little bit older, as we said. But I really like what we got here with Will Wagner. And I, he he does struggle against lefties. And I think that's that's mm-hmm. one thing. He could be more of that you know platoon guy at the big league level, which is fine because he can play multiple positions. And you, you mentioned the power to all fields. I really like this guy. And this is a similar – I think the Astros and the Braves are similar where – they have a lot of prospects that climb their way up, don't get much of the fanfare, and end up making a big league impact and almost were never a top 100 list guy. Yep. Joey Loperfito is another one in the Astros system, uh, guest of the show, friend of the podcast that you know is never going to be on a top 100 list and, and I think will be a good big leaguer. And, and we've seen plenty yep. of guys with the Braves do the same thing. Uh, so, you know, Wagner has the bloodlines as well. Obviously, his dad was a pitcher, but quite talented as well. And uh, I really like the swing. It's really simple. And, and he's he's safe while also still offering a pretty intriguing amount of upside and, and got on base at a yeah. great clip last season. Next up is maybe one of the fastest guys in the minor league. So this is a fun one. I don't know how much he's going to hit, so I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are here. But Shane Sasaki, outfield prospect with the Tampa Bay Rays, and I did get to see him once. I, I saw him out in Charleston. I was more there to see Carson Williams. Of course, Williams had the day off. It's it's Murphy's Law. Um, but I did I did watch Sasaki. Man, can that guy motor. And you know what? He can swing the bat a little bit too. What has you picking him as one of your breakout guys for this coming season? Yeah, so one big thing that stood out to me is that in the entire organization, he had the second highest on-base percentage um, within the the Rays organization. And um, not only that, but in the Carolina League last year, he led in average OBP slugging and OPS for a guy – mostly known for his speed. Yeah, I mean he he's getting com- comparisons to Shane Victorino, which is pretty insane. So you think that you think that's a pretty good pretty good little player. Um like you said, the the hit pool has been a question mark, you know, throughout his time, but I don't know, it just seems like something clicked for him this year. Um and he also finds himself in a really good organization when it comes to developing player uh, position players. I mean, players in general, but they they find they have a really good knack for unlocking uh, the most out of every single one of their players, and I think Sasaki could be just another one of those guys. And, and we we see them each year just pump out these these guys at the major league level that you're just like, well, okay, we didn't know who he was before, but here he is, and he's helping the Rays magically make another playoff run at the end of the year. It's, it's crazy. And and you mentioned how he got better as the year went on. I I even just pulled like his last 54 games, 339, 425, 578 slash line. Yeah. 
to 1,003 OPS and also was 47 for 51 on stolen bases bases. last year. So, I mean, guy's going to be one of the better base dealers in the big leagues if he gets there. Doesn't even have to rake, right? Like he, he could just be an average hitter. And I think with what he can do in the outfield and, and the way that he's able to get on base, which is intriguing yeah. as well. I mean, he just seemed to walk more and more as the year went on a pretty patient hitter that I think is only going to get better in that regard. And and the bat to ball skills are, are pretty solid zone contact around 83%, which is more than fine. So I would have liked to have seen him get a taste of high a, that was the interesting part is he does play that whole season in low a, but also this is a really good organization that tends to have that that log jam, if you will, um, from top to bottom, where sometimes you, yeah. you just can't force guys up as quickly as you hoped. This is somebody that if it all clicks for him, he's got the kind of tools to make an impact in a lot of different ways uh, and should yeah. definitely be a name to follow. If you're one of those fantasy folks out there at Dynasty Fantasy League, uh, that's definitely someone that you should have your eyes on, because if he does pan out, um, he's going to be a fantasy machine for you with the amount of bags I mean, he, he's going to be able to steal. He can be what we all hoped uh, Vidal Bruhan yeah, was. Yeah, literally. Which is exactly what, you know, I, I think the Rays are hoping for too. Yep. Next guy's another outfielder in another really good organization. And it's Damon Keith, outfielder with the Los Angeles Dodgers. This past year in 119 games, he slashed 277, 411, 478 with 17 home runs. 79 driven in and 32 extra base hits. Keith, probably even more of an anonymous name in, in this system. I think the arms still, even the underrated arms, get a little bit more attention in this Dodger system. Uh, also, Keith played most of his games in low A and then his final 31 games of the season in high A, uh, but kept the strikeout rate in check for the most part and was able to walk a ton. What has you thinking that Keith is is going to be able to kind of take that next step after taking a bit of a step back in high A, but still putting up above average, you know, production for the league with a 111 WRC plus? Yeah, uh, I believe California Baptist is where he got drafted out of. And coming out, he was actually known as just a bat first prospect. They didn't really think of him much on the defensive side, but he actually developed into a quite a legitimate outfield option for the Dodgers uh, low A team in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. And he continued it, obviously, when he got the call up to Great Lakes. But he he was able to play all three outfield positions at a high level. And his arm strength is incredible. He has one of the best arm outfield arms in the Dodgers organization. Um, so that was really intriguing. And then not only being a bat-first prospect and having the in-zone control that he has with his bat. And, you know, I said it previously um, about Will Wagner, but this guy also has power to all fields. I mean, if you look at the the Twitter clip that I put in the article, um, bases loaded in Lansing, I mean, he just drives a ball opposite field with bases loaded. Um, not only that, but he had a near 17% walk rate. Mm-hmm. this past season throughout, I mean, throughout the entire year in the minor leagues. And um, that kind of on-base threat that he has combined with his ability to hit for so much power is what's really going to help him. And he, he's not really a speed guy. So the the near 50% ground ball rate that he had this past year is going to need to, you know, be cut down just a little bit um, in order for him to sustain, you know, the continued advancements that he's continued to make. But 
I have no doubt that in this organization, with what we've been able to see them do with raw prospects um, as they continue to develop through their system, I have no doubt that he could be, you know, another James Altman, you yeah. know, from the right-handed side for this team. You know, he might not be a star player, but he's going to fill a role and he's going to be damn good at it too. They know they're going to get the best out of him when he gets there. And and what's interesting with Keith, you know, 6'4", 225 pounds, a big dude that I think big is still kind of coming into his power. 104 mile per hour, 90th percentile exit velo. And you talk about filling a role. If Even if he's not a superstar, I could see this guy being a really good platoon bat as well. And he demolished lefties last year, 330, mm-hmm. 489, 610 slash line, which is an 1100 OPS. This guy can hit and and if he can you know, tap into a little bit more power, which we know is in the tank, and, and get the ball in the air. I think it's really what it's about here, like you said. is yeah. I think that's the only thing holding him back from, from slugging a bit more. He could be in good shape. Also, very passive hitter, only swung 39% of the time. So you'll get the high K rate. I honestly think it's because he was going so deep into counts because he's not whiffing that much. Uh, 82% zone contact is is fine. Uh, it's yeah. similar to George Valera, who just loves to go deep into counts. You leave it into the umpire's hands in the minor leagues, your strikeout rate's going to be a little bit higher when you go deep yeah. in counts like that. It just is what it is. Uh, so it's, it's striking that balance there. Back to the pitcher's mound. And this was an interesting one because I'm glad you mentioned Carson Seymour here, right-handed pitcher with the San Francisco Giants organization, because honestly, I was floored that Seymour was traded at the deadline. Yes. Part of that. That, that was Darren so Ruff crazy people. for Darren Ruff out of that's, all people. That's the thing. And I understand that Seymour is – not a top 100 guy, but that's the that kind of arm I'm putting as like a secondary piece in a larger package, right? Like there's no way I'm trading exactly. Carson Seymour for Darren Ruff, even if Darren Ruff performed last year. Not even a hindsight thing. Him. We they thought it was crazy at the time. Yeah, and they didn't even play. Even if they played him and he was good. <laughs> I don't get why they, they would trade Carson Seymour, especially yeah. the, the Mets system there. But that that's a whole different conversation. Seymour had yeah. a good year last year. 111 innings, 308 ERA, a 112 whip, 135 Ks, 31 walks. But you think there's more in there? Uh, yeah, I definitely think there's more in there. I mean, he's a six six big body dude just on the mound, and he is an imposing figure. Um, he's already throwing upper 90s, which with that frame is electric, essentially. Um, and then he, he already has a great feel for a slider Mm. and, you know, a fastball slider combination, like we've talked about previously is something that a lot of pitchers, okay. They'll come up with a decent one and they'll develop and see, um, how it goes from there. But it has plus plus potential, I think in my book. And, um, it's, it was a lot of fun pulling up his video mm-hmm. and seeing exactly what he was. The numbers don't look great. And that's why a lot of people might see his name, look up his stats and be like, uh, are you sure about this guy? But um, a stat here that I found was actually that he was one of 24 pitchers in all of the minor leagues to pitch more than 100 innings and produce 10 plus strikeouts, fewer than three walks per nine innings. Wow. I mean, with, with yeah, I mean, he, so his last season at Kansas State wasn't great, and that's why he kind of fell in the draft. His walk rate has always been a concern. But after you see that, what he did last year, um, it just shows that he he was already making the improvements 
prior to going into an organization that does so well in developing mm-hmm. pitchers. Yeah. And that's going to be so huge for his continued success this year. And I'm really excited to see. This is somebody that's on nobody's radar right now. Yeah. I mean, um, unless you are as in tune with prospects as we are here. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this show, you obviously are. But for for the casual fan, you're not going to know who Carson Seymour is, but he can be the next Kyle Harrison that pops up. Him and Will Bednar could be at the same level in that organization, you know, not too far into this season as it is. I mean, it, he's a big guy, so he's going to stand out. But I think his production on the mound is going to stand out far more than what his actual size is. His slider was a joke. <laughs> Last year, you mentioned plus plus. Opponents at 137, 202, 169 against it. And yeah. in 198 plate appearances against that slider, 101 Ks, seven walks. I mean, yeah. it, that's insane. Insane. And, and also... Yeah. He's already showing some some signs of a, of a pretty good changeup feel. The shape, it's a little firm, but he lands it for a strike. If that pitch comes along, and also guess what? He gets a lot of ground balls. So even when he's not racking up the whiffs, 56% ground ball rate last year, this guy's got a lot of different ways to get you out. And he's still developing his arm a little bit older, as you mentioned, because a college guy. But, uh, you know, sometimes there's those later bloomers, and he's going to be 24 by the time the season starts. But I think he's a guy that could – really not blink in double A, find himself in triple A by the end of the year and and be on those top 100 lists if he continues to yeah. develop the way we, we think he can. I, I'm with you on that one. I think the age yeah. is a big reason why he's overlooked here. And ultimately, you are who you are as a pitcher, whether he's 22 yeah. or 26. By the time he debuts, if he has three impressive pitches, gets a ton of ground balls, and is throwing strikes, which you mentioned the command was an issue. Well, he walked 6.8% of batters this past year. It's obviously getting better in almost every facet of the game, which big pitchers, kind of like baby drafts, takes more time to, to kind of find those limbs and repeat your mechanics. Seems like he's starting to figure that out. Yeah, and, and a pitcher that... I kind of compared him to in this situation going to the Giants was um why can't he be what the Giants hope Tyler Beattie was last year? Yeah. A good swing man that can come in, maybe a long reliever at that 10 at the end of the year, uh, that could just eat innings for them. You know, if they need an emergency start one day, he can be that guy. And with his age, his experience, you know, he's a big guy like we've said multiple times, but he's durable. Mm-hmm. And he's shown he's shown the ability to pitch deep into games too, which is not something that somebody typically that size is able to do often. Um, so I just think that it being in the giant system, it, it's going to help him develop that much more um, in the short term. I, I'm with you, man. I totally agree, and and that's somebody that I'm really excited to to watch throw this this coming season. Uh, you also, and that those are all the names that you highlight in this article. If you want to read more and, and see some of those videos, by the way, check out the link in the podcast description. You also worked on another piece recently, um, which we won't go all, totally into it, but I'll also link this in the podcast description as well. But some breakout, or sorry, not some prospects who could make an impact at the big league level outside of our top 100 list. So definitely go check that out. I have two more names. I'm excited to get your thoughts on here, uh, you know, as, as breakout guys for me this coming season. One is, is a more known name, but I still think he fits the bill of breakout because I think he could go nuclear this season. And then one's a bit of a lesser known name. 
for me, Owen Casey with, with the Cubs, and, and he's yeah. probably a bigger name than than all the other guys that we have on this list because Owen Casey's well inside our top 100 list. But I just wanted to mention him as a breakout candidate because at the end of the day, he he still was a low 700s OPS guy, which I thought was impressive given that he was 19 in high A um, and, and and really held his own. But with the exit velos that we've seen this guy post, he's put up 114s already and, and is already getting better and better with the bat to ball and has more room in the frame. I could see this guy go nuclear. I don't know if it's going to happen this coming season or the year after this. Again, he is so young, uh, but I see yeah. this kid really putting it together and going nuclear. He's got to iron out the swing a little bit. He doesn't repeat all of his moves too well. His timing mechanism is a little funky, but when this guy gets into it, it's some of the best power in the minor leagues. It really is, especially for yeah. someone as young as him, uh, putting up those 114s with, in a lot of 110 pluses this year. I'm a huge Owen Casey fan. I definitely am way higher on him than everybody else from, from what I've seen so far. Cause everyone always reacts to our Cubs top prospects list and goes, Whoa, Casey. Passionate that high. Fan base. Um, Passionate but, fan base. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, usually Cubs are Cubs fans are the, the best. They don't, you'll get, they don't question me on it. They just say, wow, Casey that high. Yep. Uh, but I really do think he's that good. Yeah. I'm, the thing that intrigues me the most about him is that he is a long body. Mm-hmm. He is still developing. And I think that um, him and Pete Crow Armstrong kind of coming up together, is this going to be like, they're essentially going to be clones of each other, I think. Um, He has a little more power, like you said. I mean, he really makes solid contact with the ball. But him and and PCA are going to be be a really good duo for that team. And um, he's obviously on my radar, too. But we've spoken about this before on these articles. I kind of want to highlight those pe- those that people don't really know, yeah. just because I mean, you you can find these big names really on on any site. But I think yeah. something that really separates us from the most is you're gonna get you're gonna get a glimpse into those that people aren't really talking about prior to them really coming on a lot of radars. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm a big Owen Casey guy. You don't have to sell me on him. Well, you lead me into a, a lesser known name here, and, and it's Jeremy De La Rosa, center field oh. prospect for the Washington Nationals. And- no, not De La Rosa. I, I, I keep getting reeled in every offseason. I've been so, every offseason, I'm like, man, I, I want to get back in. I want to get back in. I, I wanted to ask you about him because I'm I'm on the fence, but I, I really think he could He's be so a breakout. Toolsy. He's, He's just so up. toolsy. So it's this guy, crazy. this past year in low A, 315, 394, 505 slash line, which 147 WRC plus, 25% K rate. He stole 26 bags on 31 tries. Gets the bump up to high A, 195, 273, 271 slash line in 32 games. It's a 53 WRC plus. Kept the strikeout rate in check at 28%. Wasn't egregious there. Just really struggled to yeah. kind of hit the ball with authority consistently. But this dude's got so much power and, and the power yeah. speed combination is, is so intriguing. He struggles to lay off secondary stuff. 41% chase rate on the slider, 38% chase rate on the changeup. but he also has so much power. I mean, legitimately plus raw power in the tank. He, he put up yeah. some exit velos over 110. He had a home run 441 feet at 111 miles an hour last year, which is just an absolute nuke. Another 110. Uh, mile per hour, 420 feet. This guy's got really, really, really intriguing tools. 
he's also probably the most volatile name we're going to talk about today. I just yeah. wanted to highlight him because if he exploded this coming season, would you be surprised at all? And, and especially this is a system that really needs it to happen. Like they really need De La Rosa to make that leap, especially as Yasel and Tuna and some of their other more expensive international free agents have not been able to put it together. Yeah. You seem to have a bit of a visceral reaction. You've been on him for a while now. Do you think I mean, since he made together? his state since he made his state side debut in nine in twenty nineteen, I mean, he's young. And I think that's why I keep coming back. I'm just like, he's still only twenty years old. And he's going into his fifth season in professional ball already. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just that's incredible. People might not think people might not think that, but Juan Soto is a unicorn. Yeah. 19, 20 year olds aren't going to make a big leg debut and impact the way that Juan Soto did. Jeremy De La Rosa, I'm not saying he's Juan Soto, obviously, but he is very good. Plus raw power, plus in game power, plus speed. The hit tool is a severe question mark. That's what I'll say. There, there's not a lot of consistency when it comes to that. But even if he's a slightly below average hit tool guy, the power has the ability to carry him throughout the minor leagues. Uh, and the speed too, man. I mean, like, yeah, it's could be extreme. That power dynamic. speed, that power speed combination. You, you just can't find that. No, I mean, he has. A, so comparison in terms of power speed i think he has same speed as jazz chisholm just a little more power yeah that's the craziest part and that's that's why i wanted to highlight him because i really think he could put it together this year gets his second taste of high a we'll see what he what he does there but he's got to really really hone in on the approach here because that's the one thing missing one pitcher and i mentioned him when i did the the rangers farm system preview here but a guy that this is one i'm really confident in who's going to break out this year and and we're going to do more breakout prospect highlights you know we're going to do more episodes where we're highlighting more of the other prospects that we think can really break out but this is one other one that i I, i'm feeling really good about and it's tk roby i I, tacoa roby he also goes by with the texas rangers his stuff is really good his numbers i think were misleading last year i think i think he he was more impressive than his 464 ERA and high A would make him out to be. Mentioned him in that Rangers episode, but he was a third round pick in 2020, 86th overall. And his stuff ticked up last year. And also his command is, is pretty impressive. He had a high chase rate on two pitches, 34% chase rate on his fastball, which has good shape, and a 38% chase rate on his breaking ball, which is a nasty hammer in the upper 70s. Mixed in a changeup that got a lot of whiffs, just struggled to, to consistently command it, and even has a decent slider that he mixes in there. It's a legit four-pitch mix. It's a good fastball, too. Uh, I, I really believe that this guy would compare like, – you combine the solid command, the solid four-pitch mix – and the good shape on the fastball, I think Roby could carve through hitters next year as he puts it all together uh, and, and was in a tough environment in, in high A for, for the Rangers last year. I think he could make that leap next year in double A. 18% home run to fly ball rate. That just seems ridiculous. I, I think he can find a way to keep the ball in the yard a bit better. And what, what impresses me the most, 126 strikeouts last year, 35 walks. And I think he's going to do even better in that regard this coming season. Yeah, I... 
I'm with you a hundred percent. And I think so in my opinion, the Rangers could do a better job when it comes to pitching development. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've spoken about this before, but like who's the last pro- pitching prospect that they've been able to develop into the major league level successfully? It's It's been a while. CJ Wilson? Yeah. Was he an original Rangers prospect? Man. I mean, I that's know. how far back you have to go. Yeah. Yeah. But at, with me, I think the reason why people don't really pay attention to Roby is because he doesn't have anything that stands out. Mm-hmm. He is an average pitcher across the board. Yeah. But an average pitcher across the board with, like you said, a four-pitch arsenal is a good major league starter. Yeah. He is That is a good mid-rotation starter on any team. That, that's Chris Bassett. Yeah. And yeah, look it, at what it, Chris Bassett has done the past couple of years. Sure, he started off rocky, but as he continued to just implement what he knows he has, not try to do too much, he knew how to pitch his way out of situ- certain situations, um, just got him a, a huge payday with the Blue Jays. I mean, he's he's made a career for himself, and someone like Roby can definitely take that same path. So we, we didn't get to see a ton of Roby in 2021. Uh, he only threw 22 innings, but fastball was more at 92 then. Smaller sample, but then again, this past season, he sat more at 94 miles per hour. So saw the stuff tick up, even though nothing jumps off the page in terms of you know plus-plus pitches or, or, or really, I, I don't know if anything is quite plus. And I put above average on the fastball and above average on the curveball, which could be encroaching on plus, but nothing really jumping off off the page there is what holds him back. And he's six one one ninety. but that low release fastball kind of takes off for him. I think that helps a lot too. And then all of the reasons you mentioned, he's just 21 years old too. So this is somebody that could see even his stuff take up another notch, even if it doesn't, as his feel for the change up in the slider continue to get better. This guy could have a legitimate four-pitch arsenal that helps him climb quickly. So that's another one of my you know, favorite breakout candidates. Was there anybody else before we wrap up, Christian? Anybody else that you know you considered that just didn't make the cut? Um I don't know. There there are always like just such a handful of guys that you think of. Yeah. Um like last year, I remember Gavin Stone. I remember Dax Fulton. That's somebody I really like going He's into kind of, last You can year. almost technically pick him because he had a good, a really good year, but I don't think people realize how, how much he showed last year. Like Dax yeah. Fulton door talent down the stretch, young lefty high school, a prep lefty who missed time with Tommy John was dominating by the end of the year in, in double a on a postseason stage there. So that's somebody that I think could fit the definition of breakout by going from someone that's really not on any top 100 list right now. And maybe he's on baseball prospectus. I don't know if he currently is. I know he was at one point, but could go from pretty much not being a top 100 prospect to being well inside of that list. I think if he has the the first half that, you know, I think he can have after how he finished last year. Yeah. Um, he falls like under the same umbrella that Emma Sheehan does in the Dodge organization with yeah. Gavin Stone. I mean, if your name isn't Yuri Perez, you're probably not getting much hype in the Marlins no. organization. No, but but yeah, I mean, like I said, there's just so many guys that I could have put in this article. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we're going to mention a ton more as offseason continues. But yeah, I'm glad I just got to get these guys out there yeah. and I'm excited to see what they do. 
So again, for those listening, the article is linked in the podcast description and Christian's going to, I'm really excited about what he's going to be putting out for us on the prospect side and and, and just in the general baseball side as well on justbaseball.com. Christian, where can the folks find you other than justbaseball.com? Yeah, um, essentially just my Twitter um, at the crest underscore two four. That's about it. I'm not need more pitching breakdowns from you on there. Yeah, as soon as I get more data, I'm gonna make sure to put a ton of stuff together and put it out there. I mean, that's what I'm really excited for. Um, It's gonna be so much fun. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So excited. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So. Definitely I'm kind follow. of a nerd when it comes to that. So that's how that's how I am with the hitting, especially of course, love love looking at pitchers too. But excited to see what you got there because again, I, I think really highly of everything you do and and you Thank know you. your perspective on pitching, and that's why they got to follow you on Twitter. So be sure to do that. Well. Thank you for coming on. It's not going to be the last time. It's going to be far from that, but I'm glad to finally get you on the call up and uh, be able to pick your brain on the latest article. We're going to be doing a lot more of that in the future, but Christian, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. Absolutely. It was a ton of fun. Thanks. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.